everybody, welcome in to MNF IRE, Monday Night Football Ireland from the Irish NFL show in partnership with Pundit Arena, joined by Colm, joined by Mark, uh, albeit vertically, and on joined as well by Brian. Lads, it's the last Monday Night Football of the season, it's the last MNF IRE of the year. Uh, just before we get started, if you are watching this, we're live, ask us anything in NFL, and we'll try and get into your questions at the end of the show. Uh, lads, welcome in, how's it going? Good. Um, as I said, last last Monday night game, quite uh, a Monday night game to to round things off. Uh, one, you know, uh, g- given that the Bills are celebrating a, a first divisional win since 1995, uh, it should be a, an interesting game as well. I'm sure Belichick is going to want to play party spoiler, but we'll get into that a, a little bit later on, I'm sure. Yeah, this time next week when we're doing MNF, I hope we're doing MNF, it'll be MNF Black Monday when we'll start to see a lot of head coaching changes very quickly. So we won't take away too much from the games that have to discuss this weekend. But we're getting to that business end of the season, both for playoffs and for head coaches and potentially players moving on from the teams. Yeah, and, and actually on the Black Monday piece, obviously a number of teams have already been there. And, and certainly, unfortunately for Monday Night Football for ESPN, um, neither of these teams have, you know, much to play for necessarily. The Bills may be for a bit of seeding, but the Patriots obviously have nothing to play for uh, in this particular game. Um, they would have liked to have finished with a big bang. I'm sure that this was up for the division title and the winner of this will go on to win. But uh um, Black Monday to come and some other firings definitely ahead, which will be interesting. But uh, obviously, we've been uh, starting this week with the following games with uh, a firing of a different kind, Michael, I suppose. Indeed, we are going to have a look at that Bills Patriots game later on in the show, but we're going to have a look at the big news so far today. And that is the the, the Washington football team quarterback, Edwin Haskins, has been released by the Washington football team the WFT column. I'm going to get off with your reaction first of all. What's your opinion on that move? Obviously a huge piece of news coming out today. I don't know if you've seen Ian Rappaport live on Pat McAfee. He literally looked like a kid that found out Santa wasn't real. Um, sorry if anybody's watching. And was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Huge news. Yeah, um, should have happened a week ago. I talked about it on, on yesterday's uh, show. It was a, a ridiculous decision to retain him and the the right decision to, to move on i i think it cost them uh the, that game. i think um it it set a tone right because it basically said that all that matters to us is trying to get to the, the playoffs and i think the rest of the team looked at that and just didn't get behind it i think you have some players who would be into that some players who would have said that was a, a crazy decision, but you could see there was no buy-in, and ha- that Haskins wasn't buying it. He, I mean, it was a train wreck. The, you know, the, the any other, I think, you know, well, I won't say any other. Most other owners, I think, in the, around the league would have said, "No, this is not okay." You can get away with a lot in the NFL, if um, especially if you're performing on the field. But Haskins has been a nightmare. There have been rumors from the off, from as soon as he walked into the training facility, that he was a disruptive influence. 
And um, I, I am not in the least bit surprised. I, I just think that it uh, it came a week too late for them. I think if they had made the decision last week, they could have rallied around it. They could have said, "Look, um, you know, we we had to we had to get rid of him um, because of uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G," and the players could have rallied around that. Uh, I, I think the only thing I'd say is that. Um, both on and off the field, he will not be missed in uh, the Washington locker room, I would imagine. I think the reality there is, Colm, is they probably looked at the situation early in the week and probably recognised that the rookie quarterback that came in late in the game wasn't ready to start. And I suppose that for that reason, that reason only, they had to hang on for him for a week. I thought it was hilarious that he was coming in in the fourth quarter trying to encourage that young quarterback on the field and it's a bit too little too late to be trying to be a team player you know you let your team down in the past week and look the minute Alex Smith was made himself available for next Sunday's game against the Eagles think the you know decision was already in place it was just a case of let's make sure Alex Smith is ready to play and then we'll move on quickly and uh, Riverboat Ronk put out a statement this evening basically saying you know for the interest of the organization we have to move on and It'll be best for both parties. I'm not sure where Hassan's going to go now. Like, probably end up on a, a practice squad or something like that next season because I don't think anybody will take a chance on him. And just to the point of a disruptive character, sure, he went 15 in the draft and a lot of people thought he would have went in the top five. So the fact that he dropped down that far and he landed to Washington, who never thought he'd get there, kind of shows that a lot of teams have done their homework. And at the time, was well, I don't think he's the answer long term for the Giants, Daniel Jones. I think it's clear to see that. You know, the Giants have done their homework on Jones and done their homework on Haskins. And from a player point of view, in terms of them wanting to make a career for themselves, they made the right decision. Yeah, um, Brian Leaf, Achilles Smith, Jamarcus Russell, Dwayne Haskins goes down in the annals of great, uh, big, massive, noisy first-round quarterback busts. Um it's never been good. It got progressively worse and eventually became completely untenable for the Washington football team. Um, he had too many WTF moments, really, for the WFT to continue to hold on to him for much longer. Um, but, it, you know, it wasn't just the off-the-field. It's the on-the-field stuff as well. 12 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. His average passer rate, I think, was about 79 points. When you consider you can get 39.6 by throwing every single pass into the ground, that just doesn't cut it. Um, and yeah, his behaviour off the field was appalling. Uh, he got benched really after that Ravens game earlier in the season as well. Remember, he started the season as their starting quarterback, but he, he got benched after that game because he was celebrating throwing 300 yards for the first time in his career. They lost 30-10. That is not what you need from your quarterback, from your leader, from your general on the field. Um, and Colin called it absolutely right. They should have come last week. Good to see they've now made the call, but... Um, too little, too late for him and for them. Time will tell going into week 17. I think Brian, as a Giants fan, is already sweating. We'll talk about that at the weekend, boys. But yeah, huge. Is this is the thing about the NFL? If you are really in, like you know, new into the sport, the news never stops. It doesn't matter if you go seven months without a game from the Super Bowl to September, it never stops. And that's what's so good about it. But let's recap on a few other things last night, boys. One thing that really shocked me now, hold on, who was my lock of the week? Because I can't remember. Seriously. Colts. 
All right, well, we're not going to talk about that first. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, uh, as you can see, Baker Mayfield looks very happy there. The Browns lost out to the New York Jets. They didn't just lose last night. They really didn't play well at all. Column did they, you know, from any stretch in that game. Almost at the end, they were trying to get back into it, but even then, Baker messed up. Yeah, uh, like you, you lose a, an entire position group um, and you're going to be in trouble. Uh, the Broncos, uh, we can tell you that um, you lose the, the quarterback uh, group and, and you're in real trouble. But losing your wide receivers, we had thought that maybe the running game and and maybe the, they could get away with it given the tight ends they had, but it just it didn't work. Um, and, and the Jets have suddenly turned up to, to play um, a little too late by the time they uh, arrived. Um, um, and, and they've obviously taken themselves out of the the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. It's, it's game over there. Um, you know, it's confirmed. We we knew it was happening anyway, given what the, the Jags were up to. But for the Browns, it puts them in a really, you know, precarious position. This was a team that hasn't been to the playoffs for 18 seasons. I mean, um, the the we if you remember um Revis and Revis Island, well Brown Island is out on its own. Um the Jets come next in terms of playoff droughts, but 18 years is phenomenal. And they've now given themselves a real kind of uphill battle to to make it into the, the playoffs this year. Um just a, 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 like everything yesterday like it just did never got going for them it ne they never really even at the end when they were kind of coming back into it you never really felt with conviction um and and if you compare that game yesterday to that first half performance against the the titans which seems a long time ago now but where everything went right and every single thing went their way um they they did look a, a bit um lost yesterday now we still have to remember they were first year head coach they've won 10 games they're still in the hunt but they are uh, facing an uphill battle i feel next uh, weekend yeah like they're now in a situation where they could potentially lose out in the playoffs and they can you imagine at the start of the season telling brown fans they could win 10 games happy days you know you think it's a given you're going to make the playoffs but it would be a brown like thing for them to win 10 games and not make the playoffs from the jets point of view the last two weeks since greg williams has left you've seen a huge upward um you know, in terms of how well the defense has played, you know, last week against the Rams and this week against the Browns. And yeah, Colin, you, you're right. We, we said that they'd have enough, you know, in terms of the tight ends that are available because some of them could potentially play wide receiver. But they thought, we thought the run game would be really effective. And it has been all season for Hunt and Chubb. But the Jets stacked the box. They couldn't run. They only got running in the fourth quarter. Sorry, the back end of the third quarter when Chubb scored a touchdown. But they couldn't do anything offensively for three quarters. And even towards the end, Michael texted me going, look, the Browns are going to score here. And I actually never felt they would. I just felt the Jets had tightened up and then Mayfield fumbles and it's game over. So, again, two weeks in a row, teams that have probably taken it as a given, they were going to win the game and make the playoffs. The Rams last week against the Jets and now the Browns. So, I wonder if guys hanging on by his coattails in terms of hanging on to that job next year. Jace needs to be fired for all our sanity, and especially for New York Jets. And, you know, there'll be too many admissions into the insane asylum if he doesn't get fired. Um, look, it was a sweet 16. It was week 16. It was a sweet 16 for many teams. The Steelers secured, eventually, the AFC North Championship. Uh, the Chiefs secured the number one seed. Again, eventually, making hard work of beating the Falcons, to say the least. 
Seahawks secured the um, NFC West for themselves. Uh, and uh, the Saints and the, the Bucks, as we already alluded to on the Sunday show, shored up their playoff spots and the Saints winning the NFC North. But most importantly, you guys alluded to it, the Jags, they secured the NFC, sorry, the uh, number one pick uh, in the uh, NFL uh, draft next season. So that's big for them, obviously. So they must be delighted. But there were a couple of big losers the weekend. You alluded to the Browns, but the Browns at least do still control their own destiny. And they'll still make the playoffs if they either beat the Steelers or if the Colts lose or there's another weird and wacky way. But basically, they're the two main ones. But the Colts, of all teams, thrown away that three-touchdown lead in the second half um, to Big Ben and the Steelers. Not only has that tumbled them, obviously, away from uh, their, their lofty position, but now they don't even have things in their own control anymore. They have to win and get help in order to make uh, one of the wildcard spots. Uh, or indeed, if the Titans lose, and they'll win the uh, AFC South overall. So that's a rather big tumble for them. And the same for the Rams as well now, who are basically saying, well, instead of being 96 97% certain of going to the playoffs, if they lose to the Cards and the Bears win, both the Cards and the Bears make it in at the expense of the Rams. You know, guys, they used to say, um, there ain't no party like an S-Club party. I say... That's all wrong. There ain't no party like a playoff permutation party. That's where the real fun's at. There ain't no party like a Trevor Lawrence party because he's coming to London, baby, um, two times a year. Probably the face of Broncos next year in London. Pandemic pending, vaccination pending column. Uh, a transformative figure for that franchise. You would uh, imagine so. Um, but... Uh, as as Mark said at the the top of the the show, there have been enormously big um, first round flops before. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of them. I re I really don't. Um, but if you don't like, you can get a, re a generational talent, right? Um, if you look at the Colts and and say Andrew Luck, um, he can be brilliant. But if you don't protect him and uh, you allow him to get to beat up to the the point that he just has had enough and he, he walks away so i hope that they they do protect him i i think it will be fascinating to see him in um the nfl and i think any football fan outside of a, the jets fans will be pleased to see him go to an organization that will back him uh, you imagine that they will look to put weapons around him and and, and build um, what they can I, I mean outside of watching our own teams i mean you always do love seeing you know kind of two qbs go up against one another um so having lawrence there should make things uh, very interesting um and I, I suppose it depends on the the head coach and um, that go, that goes in. I mean, I, I think Jacksonville are suddenly you know all sorts of attractive to everybody with Trevor Lawrence going in there because, as we can tell you with the the Broncos, finding that franchise um, QB is the toughest thing to do. Yeah, I imagine there'll be a lengthy queue at the door now to get an interview for the GM role, which is a uh, and also something that they're. <clears throat> they need to wrap up for the off season. So um, you know you you dangle that cars with other GMs now. Oh, Trevor Lawrence is going to need to sell. I think they need to quickly see a lot of people going for it because they haven't interviewed too many yet. Maybe they're holding off to the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see where to go with that. And it'll be interesting to see if Doug Marone is kept on because that's been a kind of a quiet one at the moment. There's no 
clarity around whether he'll be the head coach there next year. He can come off you. I'll give you one for Jacksonville. Clear out Doug Marone and actually hire probably the best coordinator in football at the moment who needs to get a head coaching job and will get a head coaching job one way or the other. Um, he's not an offensive coach, but he is and destroyed Cliff Kingsbury over the weekend. Robert Sala, defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. He will be one of the hottest tickets in coaching. And if I'm the Jags, I you know, if I'm any team, I'm going for him and turning him into a home coach and putting the keys in his hand. Um, just one other point I wanted to look back actually on the Steelers game um, Big Ben and Deontay Johnson both of them actually this was a real it was like they read the Christmas Carol because the Christmas Carol if you remember guys is one of the, the the greatest examples of a great redemption story you know Scrooge starts off mean mean spirited hates Christmas hates everybody and then he you know evolves as a character becomes warm hearted kind uh, and wants to take care of people the last two and a half games, we've beaten up on the Steelers pretty bad. And one of the reasons is this quick release game, um, the Big Ben's been this quick passing game, holding the ball for less time, even than Brady at his peak, holding the ball for less time than any quarterback in the NFL, just got found out and wasn't working. And it was almost like at halftime, he turned around to William, oh, sorry, Mike Tomlin, um, same difference, and, uh, and said to him, he said, look, let me go back in time. Let me hold on to the ball forever. Let me try the deep shots and let me, you know, take a few licks. Don't try and protect me anymore. And he did. He took a few licks. He got the ball down the field and voila, they evolved. And Deontay Johnson, who was just dropping, dropping, dropping everything. You might as well call him Wes Welker. Uh, you know, nice super oh, reference for Brian there. Um, he came good. You know, Wes Welker is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. But he came good at the end as well. Um, which is great to see from such a young receiver and such a young receiving core. But credit to them. We've given them a tough time. So when they come good against a good, good defense in the Colts, you know, you've got to give it back to them. I, I'd say the Jags might be looking at Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs as, as a potential head coach, you know, offensive guru, bring, bring him in with, you know, the number one quarterback to every sense of generational talent. You know, I think the Lions might be making a play for Salah, but look, that's all to come. Speculation. Spe speculation ahead, but but bear in mind, just one last thing. Bear in mind, no coordinators went last year. You know, they took Joe Judge. The Giants took Joe Judge. A couple of retreads came back into play, Ron Riviera and the like. But that whole coordinator core didn't really get picked on in the whole, whole, uh, the head coaches um, uh, roundtable, if you like. So this year, um, there's probably a bit of a taxi rank of them lined up. Just one one thing on the because because there's a lot of talk about whether you should roll the dice and make changes and and uh, how how long it takes to build and we talked about it a little bit yesterday in terms of you know things it, 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 things have sped up um, so with Carolina beating the Washington football team each of the new head coaches have at least five wins so if you've been in situ for more than a year and you know you're sitting at five wins or less. You should probably, you know, be wondering if if your seat is is warm. Um, Matt Rule, um, Stefanski with the Browns, Mike McCarthy obviously with the Cowboys, 
Brian's uh, Joe Judges and uh, Riverboat Ron, all getting at least five wins having uh, come in and some of those uh, franchises, as we know, absolute uh, train wrecks. And yet those coaches have managed to get at least five wins. So um, I, I think the, the level of expectation around the league, um, you know, once you once you take over as a head coach, it's it's up now. You know, people are people are watching um, and there, there are expectations that you have to meet. Column, here's a funny one for you. Talk about expectations of a head coach who could be on the hot seat. The Giants could potentially win the division next weekend and be in the playoffs. Or if results go a few other ways, they could end up with the number three pick in the draft. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> from one extreme to the other. You know, bizarre. So, But it's a bizarre year, so who knows what's going to happen. From, from one extreme situation to extreme weather last night in Lambeau. Uh, put your hand up if you watch Sunday Night Football live. Nobody. All right, Mark, let me ask you this. I want a yes or no answer. Who won that game last night? Was it the refs or the Packers? The Packers, quite comfortable. Oh, come on. Come on. See, I, I thought you were better than that. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you in a second, Mark. Uh, massive win for Green Bay last night, but the, but the reality is Green Bay were up by four or five points at the start of the third quarter, and... Uh, I think one of their players, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, one of their players actually ran 30 or 40 yards. They stepped out, but they end up running and scoring. Look, there was a couple of calls last night, which I'm not saying it would have changed the game massively, but it would have at least made it decent to stay up at that time in the morning. Colin, did you catch the highlights this morning? Obviously, a huge win for Green Bay. I think they're now going to be you know, well, almost certain to have home field advantage, number one seed in the NFC, bar a miracle. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't bet against Aaron Rodgers. Um, and what a, what a job Matt LaFleur has done there in, in his two years. Um, outstanding. In terms of that decision, like, look, so your fans understandably get annoyed at certain decisions. Some decisions go against you, some you, you get, and that's the way. Um, I mean, I can remember with the, the Broncos a couple of years ago against the Saints and, um, you know, a blocked extra point and running it back for the, the two to win the game. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, Tyree Kill caught a touchdown pass earlier this year and didn't realize it and missed out on the touchdown. Some some you get, some you don't. You get called for holding sometimes. Um, you get a, you get away with it uh, at others. Um, I, I mean, I can't re remember. We were texting in the, in the group. That, that you see guys like um, smart cornerbacks will catch uh, a young receiver's arm, trap it in their elbow so he can't get up to, to reach. That type of stuff happens all the time. Good Good teams find ways to win. And, and overcome um, those sorts of decisions um, and, and use it, you know, as, as a motivating factor at times. Um, or equally, you roll with it if it comes your way. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been exceptional um, this season and uh, I, I certainly would not like to be the any team that is going to have to uh, face him home or away. Yeah, Brian, going by Colum's uh, colors, you think he's changed allegiances? Uh? <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was a carry man there for a minute. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what good teams also have? They have good groundsmen because anytime you watch NFL game day morning and there's a bit of snow on a pitch, you see all the people from the local area contributing to getting that snow off the field. Didn't seem to happen in Green Bay last night. I wonder why, because Derek Henry was playing 
And how will we slow them down? We won't be able to slow them down, but the snow will. So that was definitely a calculated decision made by the, for the Packers. And Mark, you said yesterday that there's no way the Packers can lose out in the number one seed. If it's a three-way tie, it goes to division, it goes to conference record, and the Saints have it. So, and the Bears are flying. Let's see what happens next week. All right, Brian, I'm going to break this. I'm going to break this one down for you. If it's a three-way tie, it first goes on conference record. Conference record eliminates the third-place team, which would be the Seahawks. Then it's between the Packers and the Saints, and then it goes on head-to-head, which the Packers have and everything. I'll send it to you afterwards. The Packers have right, to beat the Bears as long as they I'll, beat the Bears. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send it to you now, Mark. Yeah, they've, they've got it. They've got it. you got to understand the way the tiebreakers work. It's okay. Send no, it right now. Live. Send it now. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but, but there, there was that one. There was that one play, Michael. I mean, they made about 30 yards on that play when he stepped down. Oh, because if they hadn't have got that play and if the Titans had it back, if it was punted and scored, the Titans would have yeah. been in the lead. We would have been up fourth quarter going, come on, like, and it was well, just rubbish. But Michael, Michael, woulda, shoulda, couldas. Like, at the same token, Vrabel should have challenged, and he didn't. And Rodgers went up quickly. They did the hurry up, and they got the play out, snapped, and underway. Like, there are eternal great woulda, shoulda, couldas. I mean, I mentioned Wes Welker. What if he killed that pass in 2011? What about even the catch two? You remember the famous Steve Young to Terrell Owens throw, uh, which won the, I think it was the NFC Championship game. I know it was the NFC wildcard game that year. About five plays before that, Jerry Rice clearly fumbles the ball and Green Bay recovers it, but there was no instant replay at the time. So if you're a Packers fan, you're kind of going, well, I think it was brought in the season after, and that was prime example number one as to why they needed instant replay. So every team has the woulda, shoulda, couldas. The Titans can't be upset. The Colts lost, so they can relax about that. If they win next week and they take care of their business, they've got the Texans, for Christ's sake, and the Texans are just too busy giving the third overall pick to Miami in the draft. Um, If they take care of business, they still win the AFC South, they'll still get a home playoff game uh, and move on from there. I love the internet because Brian's big message is about to pop on the screen now, so I'm excited to see this. Uh, the Saints, Packers, Seahawks, with each need to finish 12 and 4 for the road to Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. Because of the three way tie between New Orleans, Green Bay, Seattle, will be decided by conference records rather than head to head results. This gives Saints a way to elbow their way to the top. Uh, Saints beat Packers, Bears beat Packers, Seahawks beat 49ers. Look, the Bears aren't beating the Packers. They're not. Unless the Bears start giving money to the refs, not going to happen, boys. The Bears aren't. The Bears played really well yesterday, but they were playing the London Jaguars, so it's not going to happen. Sorry, can I? I can't read it, Michael. So can I just ask, Brian? Are you saying if the Packers beat the Bears, there's still a way for them to lose them one seed? No, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, if the Ireland, yeah, 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 yeah. My point, yeah, record, exactly. My point on this all along has been lose. simple. It doesn't sorry. matter what the sorry, Packers did this Packers week. And if it's it's three way tie, yeah, yeah, but the Packers oh, have to beat the Bears. Right. The Packers yeah. could have lost this week. Was my point. If they beat the Bears next week, they're number one seed. Yeah, so I'm talking the Packers still have to lose. And right. yeah, the Packers oh, need to win to seal the number one seed. I'm in full agreement. On. Okay, that's um. So we all want the Packers to lose. On a couple of. <laughs> Let's just jump on. We've got, we've got a couple more games to look up, then we're then we're going to look ahead. Tonight's game, all right. Um, oh, whoops, whoops, whoops. Right, Big Ben, Big Steelers win. There's a man. Probably confused the audience. <laughs> 
Uh, massive win for the Steelers column. Uh, looked for a long time in that game like they weren't actually going to win, to be honest. Yeah, um, and um, as Mark uh, said earlier on, we have certainly um, not been too kind to them in, in recent uh, weeks. Um, there, mind you, their head coach wasn't too kind to them either, but he, he wasn't singling anyone out. He, he just said that they were a bad team and they needed to get better, and, and they did. And, and fair fair play to them in terms of showing up when they needed to um, and, and getting it together. And look, um, Juju um, had quite a week, uh, you know, to, to go from uh, dancing on, on the logo and basically, you know, it, the, the entire defeat to the, the Bengals being put uh, on him um, to to catching the, the touchdown pass um, to, to put them in, into the lead. Um, I, yeah, you have to say, like, can can they, you know, c- continue that? Like, there's so, the interesting thing about this is they're still going into the playoffs. There are so many questions around so many teams. Um, we, we don't really know how good this Steelers team is. Um, the, the Chiefs seem to just enjoy kind of playing within themselves. Uh, I, I think it, it's going to be a really interesting playoff um, scenario when, when we get there. Um, but the, the Steelers did it when, when they need to. If they had lost that game to, to the Colts, um, you know, they, they would have really been um i think uh in in a bad way heading into the playoffs but um now that was kind of a, a statement win to come back so uh i think it it um it, it certainly gives them um a jolt a shot in the arm which they needed and uh they found they found that yesterday yeah i think mark summed it up already you know they got to a stage in the game where it was all bets are off you know if we don't do something soon. We're going to lose the game, and they uh, they went away from a very conservative playbook, and then now Big Ben aired out, and the secondary for the Colts was exposed, and it's a great comeback. And be interesting to see if that really kind of gets them going again, because leading up to the game, I think everybody felt that they were certainly looking yeah. one and done come playoff times in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's interesting for them next week now. This this game. Um... Uh, the, the you know the Steelers have obviously against the Browns has playoff implications both ways um, for both teams in uh, in respect of it. It's kind of the same on the NFC side. We we're talking about the Pack earlier, Pack and the Bears. I mean, guys, I know we saying about I was talking about the Steelers earlier as well, but like the Bears are the ones that throw me up. We go to now a way in which the Bears have two ways to get into the playoffs: either the Cards lose or the Bears win and beat the Packers, and they're in. Like, that is bizarre. Mitch Trubitsky, by the way, is resembling an NFL quarterback. Five games in a row now, they've scored more than 30 points. I know Brian was alluding to this on the show the other day about their consistency on offense the last while. That's actually the first time Chicago have done that since the 1985 season. The downside for Bears fans, however, is Mitch Trubitsky is still their quarterback. And between him and Jared Goff at the weekend, they had a competition to see who could possibly throw the worst interception ever seen by man on the planet Earth at any point in the history of existence. Trubitsky just about won, I think. Well, that actually jumps into our penultimate review uh, column. Seattle defeated by, sorry, Seattle defeat the LA Rams. Uh, a big win for Seattle. I'm not sure if I pick the Rams or the Seahawks, but for me, uh, I think Seattle will be the team in Tampa in the NFC. Yeah. 
when when all is said and done they just grind it out that they they they've certainly i mean given that their defense was on course for to be kind of historically bad earlier in the year they have really improved um and they, and again like like good teams do they they have found ways to win um and you know sure, uh, McVeigh had kind of had the the voodoo hex over them um up until last night so you would say that um definitely nobody will enjoy playing the seahawks because um russell wilson is capable of of doing you know brilliant things even if he uh, certainly is not in the sort of form that we saw him earlier in the season but they have a good running game um and their defense coming into to form and they're, they're beginning to get sacks as well um the the rams they um you know again have you know hit bad form at, at a bad time and real issues around their their quarterback uh, there are going to be some really interesting qb questions in the um the off season uh, because you now have the eagles um lumbered with with wentz's contract um but the rams given the type of money they're paying to to goff um he is not performing at the level that you would ex- expect um for, for the rams it's it's difficult f- for them but i see murray has also picked up an injury so he's questionable for for next week so the the battle of the the backups potentially next uh, sunday yeah, Mark made the point yesterday around the fact that the defense has come alive again and it was about time that the, the Seattle offense start playing their part and they didn't really yesterday. They were they were held in check as well. But Goff looked completely uncomfortable for the entire game. He never got going. He's gone now with a broken tongue. He doesn't look like he'd be able to play next week. And uh, five games in a row for Seattle's defense that they've not conceded over twenty points. They're starting to put a good run together. Agreed are a dangerous team and whoever they'll be playing in those playoffs will have a real test. Yeah, I, I almost want to get my London 2012 Olympics jumper out, um, listen to some good old Naughty's tunes um, as well. Like, it, it was a complete throwback for Seattle, um, as Brian alluded to. Like, the, the defense has tightened, and Colin, sorry, as well. Defense has tightened. They're playing the old traditional Seahawks play. They're not putting everything on the shoulders of Wilson, although it would have been nice to see a bit more out of the offense. Um, but they did more than enough. You know, McVeigh and Goff... Um, God, I mean, I, I, I started to believe in them this season a bit more. Like, until now, I've been a real cynic saying that, nah, you know, they could be found out. The Super Bowl was evidence of that. Um, he's a talented uh, offensive coordinator. Goff can make all the throws, but don't trust him to make decisions and don't trust him to think, really. Just point and click a little bit. Um and this season, I thought he would come good. I thought his evolution was good. I thought the Rams were putting it together. And ever since I think I said the words, yeah, they'd be a dark horse in the NFC for me, they've just imploded. They've lost to the Jets. They've lost, obviously, this weekend. They've now, as I said earlier, got a chance of actually missing the playoffs altogether, having been, I think, 97% probable going into Week 16 to making the playoffs. Um, That's not a pleasant sight. And the Seahawks, if they keep that up, then great. Great things ahead and abound in the playoffs, and that's the type of football they need to be playing. But um, fair play to them for finding a pass rush under the uh, the sofa and under the floorboard somewhere along the way as well. Yes, sir. Uh, and that is pretty much a recap from Sunday. We're not going to talk about Mahomes. 
no, we're, we're not we're, we're not going to talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs won in the last couple of minutes of the game. Well done. Yippee-ki-yay. Who cares? LOL. Only messing. I just don't like the Chiefs. Do we have to talk about it? No. No. Well, what one what we can talk about is the the Texans, um, because talked about it a little bit yesterday. Deshaun Watson now holds <clears throat> the the franchise touchdown record, um, and yet they they lose again. Um, but then you see um, what uh, I, I don't know whether the um, those watching have seen the JJ Watt video, but quite a, a stirring um, kind of a, like if it was in you know um, any given Sunday or, or a Hollywood movie, it would be quite a rousing speech talking about the privileged life of sports people and the need to put the effort in and the fact that you know they they only have to play so many games and uh what they get to do for work i am very interested to see whether jj watt is there next year um and and what they do um i'm very interested to see what sean watson uh do, does the offseason i'm sure he would love a, a way out because he is a phenomenal talent who um, you know his best years are wasting away? I, I feel with the the Texans, they they don't have any picks um, in <laughs> really in in the draft. Uh, it's all going to Miami. That might be a, a so some other thing to look at is Tua gets pulled. Uh, you know, Fitz Fitz Magic comes in. We're told Tua starting next week. Um, is that to see if Tua is actually it? The the Dolphins could could be picking at three. Could they take a swing? Could they do a Cardinals and decide that you know if somebody is there, they might that maybe Tua isn't it? There are very interesting things to keep an eye on. <clears throat> yeah, wherever what goes, he moves on. Maybe he end up with the Chiefs and win a Super Bowl in his last few years. What didn't uh, Wade move from the Cowboys defensive player and win at the Broncos? Similar scenario, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Honey uh, Badger as well. It's a good Texans because it was a game that we said that was didn't really mean too much. The only thing I take away is that the Dolphins are probably delighted with the situation because they're now up to the number three pick as as Colin was touched on. So happy days for Miami playoffs and a number three pick. Yeah, Michael, I know you, you don't want to talk about the Chiefs, but we could talk about the Falcons. Um, like, if you're a Falcons fan this year, I mean, <laughs> can we just send them antidepressants now in the post? Seriously. Um, I feel devastated. I mean, I, I don't feel devastated for them. I kind of laugh at it a little bit, but I, I do feel sorry for them. I do agree some empathy, but Sheldon Freud is definitely strong with this. They've thrown away the game against the Cowboys, thrown away the game against the Bucks. They found new ways of losing. They've obviously lost a head coach along the way. And then this weekend, Young Hui Ku, who, if you remember, came into the league in a in a bag full of infamy, uh, kicking for the Chargers, missing, I think, four of his first five kicks, giving away games left, right and centre, uh, got cut by the Chargers. He has had his redemption song this year with the Falcons. Um, great kicking performance all this year. Uh, made the Pro Bowl, actually featured in a great spread. I think was it in it was in SI or it was in ESPN about the you know being a role model for Asian American athletes uh, in the NFL. And isn't this great? And then promptly his big moment on the big stage, take the defending Super Bowl champions to overtime, and it was shanky, 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 shank, shank, shank. 
Well, I want to take this opportunity to just congratulate the Cincinnati Bengals on on, on a big victory in Houston last night. You know, it was it was a big win for them. It is low key like the best fight song in the NFL. Hundred percent tough. Right, that's enough of that. Um, anyway, <laughs> Brian, what's up, Michael? You know how you continuously make points for Drew Lock, and you're not, too, you know, too in love with him these days. Um, would you take Matt Ryan if he came available? No, no, no. You don't think he's a player that could settle just down for a couple of years, like Peyton Manning did? No? <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you on a laugh? No, I, I I can see a lot of changes, and, and we've already discussed this time and time again. We can see a lot of changes. Contracts too crazy, but uh, I mean, I, I I can appreciate what you're saying. No chance. I mean, would you take Matt Ryan in New York? Because I I wouldn't. I think he's. I would take Drew Brees if we're going to go that far. But I mean, come on, the Broncos are doing nothing, and that proved last night. I However, I'm just saying that is if. If the Falcons were to look at the situation in terms of how much money is invested in Ryan and Julio Jones and do you want a clear house? Because they will have to at some stage. Matt Ryan will get picked up somewhere else. Just saying, why not the Broncos? Colin doesn't Colin, Colin, always having to move, so we'll move on quickly. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's quickly move on. Just one point I'll make on the Broncos there now. Uh, the Broncos are set to finish fourth in the AFC West. They will play the, uh, they will play the Jags, which will most likely be in London next year vaccine pending there is my exclusive news of the evening uh let's move on to tonight's game monday night football it is the final monday night football of the year thank the lord i know some people are saying not me because i'm off work tomorrow but we've got cam cam against the afc championship bound buffalo bills gonna move on tonight to 12 and 3 going into the previous uh, death star which going by all stories always loses in the end column beautiful isn't it Again, it's just class. Like, did you see the Monday Night Football advert for ESPN? There wasn't one, one video of the Patriots because nobody cares because it's over. The dynasty has died. Um, yeah, it's cer- certainly it's dead this this year, and, and I think um, the the Bills are going to put uh, the stake through the heart tonight. They're the silver bullet. Um, choose your your method. Um, this is not going to be. Uh, Tyson Fury getting off off the canvas against Wilder. Um, the I, I I am fascinated to see what the Patriots do next year, and we'll come back to that. But tonight is going to be all about Josh Allen and Diggs. Um, the Patriots are are beat up. Um, they are just wanting this season to be over. Um, Belichick has gone from you know we're we're on to the next game to. We're on to the off season. They they wish they were on a, a, a beach somewhere because the, the last thing you want to do is to to be playing a Bills team that are buoyant, that are off to the playoffs, that are, are celebrating. Um, you know, the, this this has kind of a feel um, potentially of when uh, Manchester United won their first Premier League title and, and they had to play Blackburn in the last game and, and Blackburn just showed up and they really wished they could be anywhere else. And Gary Pallister scored an absolutely phenomenal free kick um, and, and it was just one of those, I could imagine 
the the Bills bringing bringing it all out tonight, bringing kind of tw- you know certainly fifteen years of of hurt, um, and 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 looking for for payback on it. They'll get they'll get it tonight. Next season might might be different, um, but it it's all about the the Bills, Bill Mafia, and what Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs can do tonight, and obviously Cole Beasley um, in the slot. I just I. You know, we we you say you say this, and of course the league always surprises you. Um, but I I just think it's going to be very difficult for the Patriots to try to to game plan even Belichick, given the resources that he has at the moment and the players that are out, and the fact that they have nothing doing on offense. It's it builds all the way. Brian, that that comment is almost like Nigel Farage whenever the UK left the European Union and Parliament. Who's laughing now? You're not laughing now, are you? Obviously, as a non-Patriots fan, it is quite funny, Brian. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, but what have they done yet? They haven't done anything. They only made the playoffs. Let's just relax here. They went to the oh, playoffs come. two years ago. They went to the playoffs two years ago, and they got beaten by the Jags. So let's uh, hold that, yeah, hold that glass, yeah. Yeah, you said 50 years of Hort. It's actually 21 years of Hort in Foxford. They haven't done the double. They haven't beaten them um, twice in a season since 1999. I think Michael was only born then, I think. And Bill has only lost two of 16 games against them. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, like Colm seems to be suggesting, because when they played up in um, in Buffalo, albeit earlier in the season, and Pages had a lot more players available, a lot of people thought it would be a blowout then. And if it wasn't for a camp fumble, at the end, when he was trying to score a touchdown, they would have got overtime. So I think Bill might surprise us and get a performance out of him tonight. Still don't think it'll be enough, but I don't think it'll be the blowout that everybody expects. And the Bills need to win, otherwise that second seed will fall back into the Steelers' hands. So there is momentum. Whilst they want to win in Foxford, there's still bigger things to play for than just beating the Patriots for the Bills. Still think the Bills will win. Well, Mark, it's down to you, my friend. Cam, Cam Newton's expression and actions there sum up how much of this Patriots season has felt to me. Um, all credit to the Bills. They've been the, the strong competitor in the FC East for a couple of years. Sean McDermott's a great coach. They've put together an amazing roster. Uh, and this year, obviously, deservedly done the business. For them, it's a lot of hurt. Like we alluded to, quarter of a century since Jim Kelly, Marv Levy, the K-Gun offense last time they won the AFC East. I mean, for Christ's sake, the last time they won the AFC East, the Colts were still in that division, for Christ's sake. We're going back to the five-team divisions. Um, but they are the deserved uh, winners this year. They're on a great run, seven of eight, uh, and the only game they lost was the infamous Hale-Murray. Um, so, you know, they, they've won this walking away. The Patriots probably should have beaten the Bills earlier in the season. Again, back to the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Cam Newton fumbling when they were on the march um, in the last two minutes of the game. Um, but they didn't. And the Bills rightly won uh, and have rightly won the AFC East. I must admit, I'm, I am kind of with Brian on this, though. I mean... Okay, I think it was three years ago they lost to the Jags in the, the wild card. Last season they made the wild card as well, and they lost to the Texans. Like you know, that's great. Two playoff appearances in God knows how long since the first time since the Music City Miracle, I think actually, and they've lost them both in wild card weekend. Um, Sean McDermott though strikes me as too good of a head coach to let everyone rest on their laurels, and the mood and the press from the Bills seems to be a lot more act like you've been here before worry about the games to come. Like, this is a cap-and-a-hat game. Um, 
our biggest troubles are ahead of us and our biggest uh, battles are ahead of us. The reality for me is, unfortunately, the Patriots have gone the opposite direction since that Bills game. They've had some sporadic appearances, the Cards beating the Cards, beating the Ravens. Um, but the season's gone downhill. Newton isn't the answer. Um, but hope will abound. I, I've two... I have two grand thoughts for you, and I kind of don't want to attend this game. The Bills are going to win this game tonight. Belichick could make a surprise for a while. The Bills are going to win this game tonight. They're going to do the double. But Belichick is 35-5 and five lifetime, I think, over the Bills. So, you know, he can afford a loss or two along the way. Um, but two grander thoughts for you in this regard. Number one is the Bills. Actually, there's very few trades in the NFL that work out for both teams. But you think back to the Kansas City Chiefs trade for Patrick Mahomes. They traded with the Buffalo Bills. And if you'll allow me a little bit of, you know, ignoring some of the minor transactions, the equation that basically worked out was Chiefs got Mahomes. The Bills ended up with Tredavious White, Tremaine Edwards, and Deion Dawkins. Pro Bowl cornerback, you know, starting linebacker, and their linchpin tackle. Now, that's not a bad deal of both teams winning out right there. And they're the three linchpins, or three of many linchpins in fairness, along with Josh Allen, who they're building the team with going into the future. So that's an interesting one. And the Patriots, yeah, the evil empire may be dead to a point, but I'll give you another franchise. So it's not Star Wars anymore, guys. It's the Fast and the Furious. The last 20 years have been the Fast and the Furious one. Great movie, high octane, lots of speed, lots of crashes but then some great performances and a redemption story. You know, six Super Bowl rings going off into the sunset. This season has been too fast, too furious. An awful movie. Lead star isn't there anymore. Just doesn't work. Ultimately, you'd rather wish you hadn't watched it. Next season is going to be Tokyo Drift. You know, slowly getting better. Kind of an interesting side story. Intriguing how it's evolving. And then we're going to get up to... Fast and Furious, the reboot, which is the fourth movie, Fast Five, Furious Six, Furious Seven, go on to bigger and better. That is the analogy now for the Patriots going forward. Basically, Tom Brady is Vin Diesel, or Bill Belichick is Vin Diesel, someone along the way. I don't know who Paul Walker is and it's going to die, but we'll figure that out along the way. Look, look, let me just pop in here for a second. All right? If it was Tokyo Drift, I'd be happy enough, like, to be fair. That is, you know, no, sound old here. And let's just take our picks for this game. I, I don't need to go around again and talk. And you know, the Patriots are nobody now. Nobody cares anymore. It's over. It is over. It's done. Arrogance is finished. He will never win a ring ever again. And you can take that from me. It's never going to happen again. He's finished. And I'm on to the Bills winning this game by right. 14, 20 points. Uh, Mark is sounding like a Liverpool fan going on about the, how many wins Bill Belichick has. No one cares. It's done. It's in the past. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. The Bills will win this game. And they will improve to 12, actually. Incredible. Do not talk down about the Bills on this show. You know, we have a big week this week. So let's try and keep it, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, all good for me. The Bills are going to run away with this game. No issue whatsoever. Uh, I will happily do an apology live if the Patriots win. Column, who have you got and why? <laughs> I, I, I'm still stunned. Yeah, that's my reaction to you saying Bill Belichick will never win another ring. And if you say that tw twice more, uh, Julian Edelman shows up in your mirror. Um, you don't tempt fate <laughs> with Bill Belichick. He, I mean... 
the, the man can you know he he does the the water into wine trick um to, tonight though he's not doing it and and Brian look yeah of course they haven't won anything as yet but go back I mean it is so long they are so long suffering I mean Marcus pointed out it's the thir- 35 and 5 yeah they're they're allowed to celebrate a little bit they're they're allowed to go off a little bit and yes it was closer earlier in the season but the Patriots remember they started off well um but they have just as the season's gone on those missing pieces have taken their toll they've had more in Injuries. It's become more and more obvious that Cam isn't the answer, um, and that um, you know, much like the, the the Browns, there is no wide receiving core, there is no tight end core, and that has just it's cost them. They're just worn down. Um, I don't I don't think it'll be a blowout blowout, but I think the the Bills are are going to to win by probably two scores tonight, and they march on towards um, the, the the playoffs. What they do there is is up to, to to them but i don't think they have the the fear um or they won't be overawed in the same way that um they have been in the past per we yeah you say overawed uh column i actually you know i referred to the playoff game against the jags two years ago i forgot sorry i forgot about the uh the meltdown in texas in, in houston last year when they had they were up by two or three scores and then josh allen went off and they go you know they go rabbit in the headlights and was getting shown lateral moves everywhere you go in that game and um, yeah look the bills for me are going to win he touched on the wide receivers and no tight ends 1981 was the last year in the nfl where a team had combined uh, the least touchdown between the wide receivers and tight ends and the patients have it this year not a record i think they, they want to keep so maybe they'll have to go out and score two or three touchdowns tonight to get get that get over the hump i think it'll be a tighter game than everyone thinks i still think the bills will win Yeah, to be to be that record, Brian, we have to trust Cam Newton to be able to throw a ball to a wide receiver, um, which I don't very uh, often, or honestly, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of said about Brady and his dink and dunk offense and everything, but my God, you don't realize how spoiled you are until you see a quarterback trying to complete a five-yard out or a simple slant pattern and throwing the ball into the dirt. Well, guys, you're Broncos fans. You understand that pain. Um, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, that, that has been a uh, obviously a, de- uh, a, 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 a market uh, drop down. Um, we're going against, actually, tonight, two of the most efficient red zone quarterbacks, especially particularly for running. I quoted uh, Josh Allen's amazing stats. He never thrown a pick in the red zone. He's added on 20 two or 23 rushing touchdowns as well as 35 um, touchdowns passing. Um, you know, he's super efficient in the red zone, which is, uh, you know, pleasant to see. And, and Cam obviously is a rushing threat. But for me, it has to be the Bills tonight. Um, they still have something to play for. They want to get that second seed, keep secure that second seed above Pittsburgh so that if both teams win out, Steelers have to come to visit them uh, in the playoffs. Um, so that is important for them. The Patriots have... Nothing to play for. Uh, Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, Michael. I am not writing him off. I am not writing off the Patriots. And in fact, I'm going to call it now. Pick number 14, 15, wherever we end up. Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama, going to the New England Patriots. The dynasty will continue. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Full house. Full house. 
just before we go, lads, well, you know, go Bills tonight and all that, but just before we go, we're back on Thursday with a very, <laughs> a really special guest. You don't want to miss that. That's all, that's all we can really say right now, but quite, you know, substantial. Uh, feel free to join us Thursday, 12 p.m., but it'll be online all day. Uh, we're on Saturday as well, another big guest. You don't want to miss that. We're back on Sunday at 9 a.m. I mean, we're, we'll do live, boys. Yeah, everyone nod the head. Live, see. All right, uh, yeah. For the for the uh, final for the final weekend of the the regular season, certainly. Um, just what one one quick one. I I, I Mark the big concern I would have is is Bill Belichick going to have a nosebleed from picking so high in the draft? <laughs> yeah, it's it's unusual. Jared Jared Mayo actually, I think when we got the pick from the 49ers was the last time we were up kind of this high in the draft. So it will be a bit unusual. Um, but actually, guys, one stat I wanted to share with you all, because obviously with the Washington meltdown, and we haven't dwelt on the fact, Brian, obviously that's great news for you and your Giants. We are fundamentally confirmed the two key stats. Number one is we're going to have the third playoff team with a losing record outside of the strike season. Seattle Seahawks 7-9, and nine, Panthers 7-8-1, and 1-3. and of three will finish with a losing record in the NFC least. And Brian, one of those teams will make history. The first team to start two and seven or worse and still make the playoffs will be one of the Washington football team, New York Giants or Dallas Cowboys. I can't wait. I was just going to say, isn't it great to go into the final regular season show on Sunday and have at least one of our teams potentially with the opportunity to go to the playoffs? You know, at the start of the season, if someone said to you, Come week 17, you've got an opportunity to make the playoffs. You'd, you'd, bite, you'd, take, you'd take that any day of the week. Now, the problem is that team has only won five games this year. But lo and behold, we have a chance. And to be honest, it's not that unrealistic to think that we can't beat the Cowboys and the way Washington's offense has been struggling and Philadelphia's team has been playing overall over the past few weeks that they could do the business against Washington later on in the evening because it's been flexed into Sunday night football. So we'll have a long way if the Giants somehow put it off. But uh, we'll see how the week goes. And then I'll make my pick on Sunday. <laughs> well, it, it, it could be a late one for you on, on Sunday, Brian. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, there you go. Boys, I'll see you, see you on Thursday for the big game. And on that, on, just on that note, uh, see you then, boys. Yeah. Have a good one. See you then. Thanks, guys. See you guys.